Hello, welcome to Bible Read Me. I'm Charles Van Dersen. Today we'll begin summarizing the daily chronological Bible reading of August the 27th, day 239. We read Jeremiah's reflections on God's justice and the pain of his severe discipline on those who assume that his slowness to anger, what believers recognize as patient grace, meant that he did not care or was inept. By withdrawing his protection, God allowed Judah's enemies to consume the whole land of Israel like a raging fire. Jeremiah blamed the priests and the prophets for giving messages that tickled the listeners' ears with a false hope of peace and safety rather than calling out and condemning their sins. In sorrow, he recorded the extent of the destruction where mothers were hungry enough to eat the children that they used to nurture. But he also reminded the reader that God is faithful and that his mercies are new every morning. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah recognized that the rod of God's discipline was the source of all Judah's suffering. He described his sorrow as bitter beyond words. Even so, Jeremiah said that he still dared to hope because he expected the Lord's eventual salvation. He understood the balanced tension between God's anger and his compassion. He said he does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 33. He even punished Edom for rejoicing over Israel's punishment. Reference Ezekiel chapter 35 verse 15. Jeremiah called the people to respond to the Lord's punishment with repentance. August the 28th, day 240. We read Jeremiah's record of the vulnerability of those who were abused by violent men and lamented the plight of the people. Obadiah's prophecy against Edom begins here, but Dr. John MacArthur believes that of the four historical attacks on Jerusalem, Obadiah's time more likely followed the second attack because Obadiah made no mention of the Babylonians, the destruction of the temple, the deported exiles, or the total destruction of the city. Reference MacArthur, Bible Commentary, page 1001. Although it really does not matter, because the Edomites also behaved this way after Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians in 586 BC, Obadiah pronounced severe judgment on them mostly for gloating over Israel's destruction, but also for their pride. Remember Proverbs chapter 17, verse 5. Those who mock the poor insult their maker. Those who rejoice at the misfortune of others will be punished. The Edomites were located in an area where merchants traded between India, Europe, and northern Africa. So their position had always afforded them the first pick of the trafficked goods and the best opportunity to learn wisdom from the variety of traveling sages. The Edomites, of whom nothing good was ever spoken in scripture, were the descendants of Esau who lived in enmity with his brother Jacob. The Edomites always warred against God's people. Even Herod, an Edomite descendant, tried to kill baby Jesus, Jacob's descendant. Finally, Nebuchadnezzar's appointed governor over Judah was assassinated and the people fled in fear of the expected Babylonian military response. August the 29th, day 241. We read how the guerrilla leaders, being perplexed and undecided about what to do following the assassination, came to Jeremiah and asked him to inquire of his God for a message, promising to obey whatever he commanded. In August 21st reading, we read how God was so offended that the leaders came to Ezekiel for a message from God that he said, 
How dare you come to ask me for a message? As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will tell you nothing. Ten days later, God spoke to Jeremiah to say that the survivors should stay in Jerusalem because God was going to cause Nebuchadnezzar to treat them kindly. His anger was now satisfied, but if they chose to incur more guilt by fleeing to Egypt, he ensured their utter destruction. So, as expected, the people rebelled, kidnapped Jeremiah and Baruch, and settled in Egypt anyway. The women brazenly accosted Jeremiah by proudly confessing that even in Judah they had always covertly worshipped and now continue in their overt devotion to the Queen of Heaven. Jeremiah prophesied Egypt's destruction and their deaths by Nebuchadnezzar, and only a pitiful few remnants would return to Jerusalem. Finally, God told Ezekiel that the word of the Lord had become so trivialized in the rebels' hearts that they would come pretending to be sincere just to be entertained by the preaching of God's word. This would truly be a tragic condition of the heart. Once they realize the extent of their tremendous foolishness, it will be too late to repent and be saved. August the 30th, day 242. We read God's charge against the spiritual leaders of Israel who use their God-given position to pad their greedy pockets with wealth rather than to properly serve and shepherd the people. The evil shepherds only took care of themselves and neglected the sheep so that their citizens wandered off to distant lands and wandered off spiritually as well. God said that he would destroy those that are fat and powerful and that he would replace them as Israel's good shepherd. He will find them, feed them, and separate the good ones from the bad ones. Jesus used this analogy during his ministry as well. Ezekiel pronounced more judgment on Edom for her eternal hatred towards Israel and said that when God was finished with Edom, the entire world will celebrate. Finally, God promised that he would take back from and punish the nations that gleefully rushed in to take possession of Israel's abandoned land. Psalm 83 verse 12 says, For they said, Let us seize for our own use these pasture lands of God. God said that he was ready to hear Israel's prayers, to repopulate and make her thrive again like the Garden of Eden, and that he was not rewarding them, as Israel should be very ashamed of her behavior. Rather, he was going to cleanse and prosper her so that everyone will know that he is the Lord. August 31, day 243. We read about Ezekiel's vision of the dry bones. This represented the people of Israel, so scattered that they were as helpless as dead and dry bones but God will bring them back to life as the nations watch. He will also reunite the divided kingdom and cleanse them from their sinful backsliding hearts. A prophecy for the distant future is yet to be fulfilled when God will gather all Israel's enemies that wish to destroy her. They will appear to be an overwhelmingly superior military force, but he himself will fight with such awesome power that all the creatures and the people of the world will quake in terror. Then back to the near future, he said that God would destroy Egypt's pride and strength by Nebuchadnezzar's army. All this epic destruction and miraculous restoration was planned and will be accomplished by God's design to achieve his purpose, so that the world will know that God is the Lord. September 1, day 244. We read the biblical evidence that death does not end the consciousness of the human mind. Ezekiel was able to look into hell and see how Egypt's slain enemies greeted Pharaoh with mockery over his new helpless condition. His shame was only consoled 
briefly to be sure, by the realization that he was not the only one that failed to avoid that dreaded place. God warned Ezekiel that the responsibility to warn sinners was his, and that the responsibility to respond appropriately was theirs. God reiterated that he did not enjoy seeing the death of the wicked that are condemned to eternal hopelessness, that being the eternal condition of not having any hope of redemption. Jeremiah numbered the Babylonian exiles at 4,600. Dr. John MacArthur suggested that he may have counted only the males. Psalm 137 is a precatory lament that many uninformed readers find offensive. The Lord had already pronounced severe bloody judgment on the Edomites for gloating gleefully over and contributing to Jerusalem's destruction. So the writer's hope for the violent death of Edomite babies is not merely simple revenge on a human level. Reference Isaiah chapter 21 verses 11 and 12, Jeremiah chapter 49 verses 7 through 12, Lamentations chapter 4 verse 21, Ezekiel chapter 25 verses 12 through 14. Ezekiel chapter 35 verses 1 through 15 and Obadiah 11 through 14. A similar precatory statement was prophesied against Babylon, Egypt, Assyria, and Samaria. Reference 2 Kings chapter 8 verse 12, Isaiah chapter 13 verse 16, Hosea chapter 13 verse 16, and Nahum chapter 3 verse 10. Finally, a list of genealogies is begun here. It may seem that it would have made better sense to place them before the dispersion, but the writer may have been trying to prepare the record for the exiles to use at their eventual reorganization when they return from their exile to Judah. September 2, day 245. We read a collection of genealogical lists that seem to be out of place when considering that the distinctly identified 12 tribes of Israel have been all but wiped out, blended with other people groups, or at best, exiled to distant locations. The scribe apparently composed these lists after the destruction so that when the diaspora returned, there would be some hope of reorganizing them. In addition, Dr. John MacArthur suggests that the purpose for the repeated genealogy may be to point to the high priesthood of the descendants of Zadok in the Millennial Kingdom. Although it may appear that the ten northern tribes were never reorganized, some of their people had previously defected to the southern kingdom many generations earlier when Jeroboam first rose to power in 931 BC, long before the Babylonian conquest, so that when the exiles returned to Judah, it would be possible for the bloodlines of the northern kingdom to still be represented. In June the 8th reading, we learned that the priests, Levites, and common people from the northern tribes who wanted to sincerely worship the Lord correctly abandoned their land to return to Judah. Reference 2 Chronicles chapter 11, verses 13 through 17. This ends this week's summary of daily Bible readings. My next episode will pick up on September the 3rd, day 246. I look forward to your visit then. May the Lord bless you.